This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everybody. This is A.A. Ron Sutton for this episode of Finsider Daily. I am your favorite middle-aged white guy that has still not tried the new chicken sandwich from Popeye's. On this episode, I have a very special guest. There's been a lot of chatter about the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins. I figured, why not bring on the best tackle in Miami Dolphins history, Richmond Webb be joining me when we come back. And welcome back. I have the seven straight pro bowler from 1990 to 1996. First team all pro 1992 and 1994. Second team all pro 93 and 95 a member of the 1990s NFL All-Decade team, and on Christmas Day 1996 was inducted into the Miami Dolphins honor roll. Again, I have the best tackle in Dolphins history with me in the studio, Richmond Webb. Richmond, how are you doing? Uh, what kind of shape are you in? Can you play some swing tackle this Sunday? No, Aaron, how you doing? I'm 52. and <laughs> Those days are over for me. All I got is mental reps now. Nothing physical, just mental reps. Now, I did see you mention that uh, you maybe wanted to try that that chicken sandwich I mentioned in the intro. Did you ever get your hands on it yet? I haven't had a chance. Um, Man, uh, you know, watching the news and reading stuff online is seeming like they having an issue trying to keep them, you know, the store supplied with chicken sandwiches. (laughs) crazy I've, isn't it i've heard some serious stories so i said i need to wait and let it calm down a little bit before <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. make sure you can get it in and out safely that's it so i had this random thought the other day and i'm sorry i have to kind of get this dad joke out of the way but i was thinking to myself because my dad played college basketball at the university of richmond and their name is the richmond spiders and i thought what if richmond webb played for the richmond spiders spiders webs man you could have had your whole clothing collection line they probably would have renamed the football field after you you would have been like a walking folk legend the entire time but you ended up going to texas a&m and they have just a monstrous game this weekend at number one clemson the dolphins open their season this sunday against the ravens at home 
How are you feeling about this slate of football this weekend? You know, I, I'm just happy football is back, um, um, especially this past weekend, Labor Day weekend. That's all I did was watch college football, and I caught several good games from Thursday all the way out to Monday. I think Notre Dame Louis, Louisville played Monday night. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a ton of college football, and it was good to get back into the swing of things. And now, you know, this is the first week of the regular season, so um, I'm definitely looking forward to it and, and glad we're back to to this time of the year. I wanted to get kind of some a life lesson from you, Richmond, and that's uh, it's kind of building off of the retirement of Andrew Luck and some of the sentiments that came from that retirement. And just, uh, you know, we, we saw Gronk make some comments and Pollock about just his football is just not right for him uh, at the moment, and that's why he retired. Uh, did you ever have any moments as a player where you felt like football was just almost too much to handle? Obviously, you didn't uh, you didn't retire until after your second stint with the Bengals. Uh, but did you have some down times where football was just like? Uh, I don't know about this thing. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, um, like, you know, the last few years is just um, the last year I was with the Bengals, I tore my pectoral muscle. And mm-hmm. then um, right before I went to the v, um, the Bengals, I had both my right and left elbows scoped, you know, just to clean them out just from wear and tear. And then maybe a year or two before that, I had tricep repair. So, when you keep getting injured and having to rehabilitate and, you know, mentally you keep telling yourself you can do it, but it does take some out of you after, you know, you work your tail off to really rehab, get ready, and then you get hit with another blow. And mm-hmm. you do that, and then you get hit with another blow. And most of the time, that's not covered in the media. All they say was, um, Andrew Luck had shoulder surgery or he had an ankle or this and that, but nobody really focuses in on the time to, to rehab it and, and try to get back for the season. And most of the time as an athlete, you're going to normally do it quicker than the average person because the window you're dealing with, this is, this is, this is a shorter window mm-hmm. and you want to be out there and you want to be competitive. And, and sometimes you may come back a little sooner than what you're supposed to. So, uh, like Gronk, you know, he's had some back surgery, stuff like that. And it's just, you know, nobody knows what you're going through when you got to get up and, you know, you just don't feel it or your body's kind of letting you know, hey, it might be time to mm-hmm. kind of shut this thing down. And I think that was the thing with Andrew Luck. You know, he was young, but he's had some injuries. And I think he's maybe had some concussions and stuff as well. So, um I think with everything coming to light now and it's more information being spread about stuff like that, I think players are really taking into consideration that, you know, I don't really want to quit playing, but Mm -hmm. I see how some guys, you know, 10, 15 years down down the road where, you know, they can't speak or, you know, they're really, really struggling. So Mm -hmm. I think that weighs into guys' decisions now because now they can actually see what players that played the game previous before them and how they look at, you know, 45 or 50 years old and be like, you know, I want quality mm-hmm. of this game, but, you know, mm-hmm. 
good to enjoy life as well. So, yeah. Well, and you kind of mentioned rehab being one of those things that it's just not talked about very much. You know, fans just expect you to do it and get back out there as soon as you can and go out there and help my team win games. But at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot existentially that goes into that for that player. And I feel like one of those other realms where fans don't really appreciate that some of the struggles that could happen is what happens in your post football life. What is, what is your, um, after you hang up the cleats, what do you go to next? What was that transition and that adjustment like for you hanging up the cleats going to your home life did you have any struggles on that front uh yeah I, I think everybody does you know i've been playing football since seventh grade and you know certain times of year you used to be in a certain place so once you retire um if you normally used to be in a training camp even though you're not there you kind of mm-hmm. out of jitters or the issue of mentally <laughs> season starts this and that so um i think it took about I didn't do anything for four years. I mean, I kind of watched football, but I kind of got away from it because um, it was just it was just awkward. And mm-hmm. it took a minute, but I, I say about three or four years, and then I kind of came out of it and um, you know started doing some other stuff. But mm-hmm. it just you just you I guess your body and your mind is just conditioned and programmed. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. But yeah, you that's can't, you can't do it forever. But then you. I know I did. I had to go through that 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 period, and it took about I say about three or four years before I kind of came back and kind of returned to normal, something like that. I say, yeah, yeah, that's that's well put. So I want you to let's do a mental rep here, Richmond, and imagine that you just got traded a week before the very first game, and that's kind of what we're looking at. Whether you look at it from the prism of Laramie Tunsil playing for the Houston Texans, or you look at it either Jesse Davis or Julian Davenport starting at left tackle for the Miami Dolphins. Either or, these guys are playing in a position that they have not played in all offseason. Tunsil in a new scheme, obviously, he's played left tackle, but in a new system. So if you are in that situation, Richmond, you have one week to prepare for your first game. Where do you start? Well, I, I think the first thing is you, you're going to get to a new city. You're probably living in a hotel because there's no way you're going to find, you know, housing and all that unless mm-hmm. you're married or something like that. And they do have people with the um, with the uh, organization that can kind of help show you some areas that guys live in, whether it's, you know, buying rent an apartment or whatever. And um, so – but that's secondary right now. So you come in here, you by yourself, you know, that might take a couple of weeks. Cause the first, when I, as soon as I get there, I got to get in the playbook. I got to, I got to at least try to grasp as much as the game plan. And the good thing is most protections are similar. They're just the terminology is different. So say if it was uh, 90 pass protection, in Miami, it might be 60s in Houston. Mm-hmm. But even though it's the same, you still got to get used to it being called 60s. So you you got to try to get familiar with it to where you're not thinking you can just go out there and react. Mm-hmm. That's tough in a week. But um, um, 
the main thing I would do is the guy that I'm playing next to is really work on the communication. Hey, I need you to talk to me if I'm not for sure. If I ask you something, don't get frustrated. I'm just trying to get it down as quick as possible. Um, you know, you, you got to have that kind of dialogue, at least I would. With mm-hmm. the guy. Say, hey, the better we communicate, you know, I'm, it's not going to always be like this. I just got here. This and that, and I'm gonna bust my tail, but it might be times where I have a little brain freeze and I, I mm-hmm. need to bail me out. So, um, communication is huge and key in, 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 in a situation like that. So, how are you and Keith Sims, you know, drafted in the same class, playing side by side for many years? How did you guys start your career so well? You know, did you guys just have a, a way of communicating that was you know really transparent were you just kindred spirits that just seemed to know each other from before i mean how how were you guys able to play at such a high level play next to each other yeah we just really gelled and then i I think the thing that really helped us was you know we had a great coach john sandusky rest in heaven but um you know we were able to come down um I want to say we spent like a month down here with, with, with Coach Sandusky and we learned a lot of the protections and this and that. And then the other thing was is that I think I may have missed a week of training camp. So we got signed pretty early and we got a ton of the reps because mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Dellenbach was the starting left tackle and Bryce Foster was the starting left guard. But they were holding out, and they didn't come in until the start of the regular season. So we got a ton of reps, 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 reps. And even though they're installing uh, plays and stuff, you know, every day, it definitely helped with the um, development and, 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 and adjusting to the speed of the game. You know, I was working against, you know, Jeff Cross, which he was a Pro Bowl player at that time. Um, and then I had Hugh Green, EJ Jr., um, David Griggs, uh, had some good pass rushes. So I had guys to work against. And, um, we played, I think, the whole preseason, all the games, all the plays, except for maybe one series. So in preseason, my first year, I played against Richard Dent, uh, Clyde Simmons, Chris Dolman, Carl Mecklenburg. Um, yeah, so that I, I was I was welcome to the NFL in the preseason before I even got to the regular season. So uh, that definitely helped because I was like, you could really tell it was a big drop off from when the starters got out the game to when the guys that were trying to make the team. So I got to experience both of it, and I was like, okay, I got we got we got a lot of work to do, but we <laughs> we just did a good job of communicating. And keeping it simple, and then after we played together for a while, we could kind of look at each other, and we know what each other was thinking. So, the better you communicate, you know what the person is going to do beside you. The the easier it is to 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 make everything work. Everybody, stop what you're doing and follow this man on Twitter. It's Richmond Webb. You know how to spell it. He's criminally underfollowed. And again, a... this is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. 
and I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Appreciate you spending some time with me this evening, Richmond. I have one more question for you, and then I'm going to let you off the hook here. So when I'm looking at the trade compensation that was dealt in that Texans trade, you can make the argument that that's darn near quarterback draft capital right there that we were able to get. It speaks to me about how rare it is to have an elite left tackle in the National Football League right now. And I just feel like, you know, I just have anecdotal evidence right now, but it just seems like the learning curve to the National Football League right now is steeper than it's ever been. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, and you got to look at it this way, too. Um, you know, Miami's in a rebuilding. Um, definitely full-blown, I say now, with the with the trades they made with Steels, Tonsil, Kiko going mm-hmm. to, to the Saints. But uh, for the Texans, that Andrew Luck retires. So you basically said, if we put this together, we should win our division. I think that was the biggest test for the Texans in the in the south mm-hmm. so you got deshaun watson but they were having issues protecting him so if you start negotiating at the level down which miami knew that they really needed to tackle and they probably overpaid for they probably could have gotten a little cheaper but just the time and the way things were Mm-hmm. They had to pay for it and they said well it's money well spent because he is a, he is a good player but it, Miami said, okay, we got 13 draft picks next year. So mm-hmm. we can really evaluate, um, bring in a lot of guys, and if a lot of those guys turn out to be good players, it's, it's not going to take long at all. So um, uh, I think the thing that the fans got to get used to is that this is truly a business and where um, it's going to be similar to New England. I think in this aspect where, you know, Coach Belichick, he will he will trade or he will let players go before at the peak of their game rather than mm-hmm. uh, right. You know, so now you got to get you said because I, I know fans fall in love with players and say, you know, we shouldn't have did this. We shouldn't have did that. It's, it's going to be a different mentality. And as a player now, you got to look at it and say, OK, I would love to spend my career here but realistically I'm probably not so you got to look at it as a player and say okay I got to kind of do what's best for me because the team is going to do what's best for them so um, I, it, it shocked me but then after I thought about it I said it was, a, it was a good trade for the Texans and then it was definitely a great pickup for the Dolphins so um, that, that's, that's the way I look at it yeah and just real, really quick, 
you know, going back to, you know, the, the steep learning curve that tackles face coming into the NFL, you know, I, I can see how the the limitations and OTAs and the number of practices and the number of padded practices, et cetera, et cetera, can definitely hurt the amount of reps that these young guys get in camp and just get the reps. Like you said, you had rep after rep after rep. You know, some of these guys don't get enough reps to really roll their sleeves up and dive in. So do you, do you see any other variables in play when you look at these college players coming up to, to the NFL and why it's taken them a little bit longer to get some seasoning? Uh, I, I think some of it, it depends on what type of offensive system. I know for, and it seems like more offensive players, I would think, um, and you look at it with these spread offenses, a lot of times some quarterbacks never get up under center. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't get up under center. Um, a lot of offensive linemen, they play from a two point stance majority of the time because they, they throw the ball 80, 80 times a game. But then you got to be able to get in a three point stance. And, and if you hadn't worked on that, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a learning curve. So I think that's what has definitely slowed it down. Just the way some of the college offense and even high school now, uh, a lot of them run spread. I know here in Texas. So um, I think that's definitely um, played a huge factor in mm-hmm. guys transitioning to the NFL game. Unless you, you know, um, you play it um, mostly SEC. I know the Big Ten, a lot of those, they, they still run pro style offense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it mix it in, but I know a lot of Big 12 schools is just is just wide open gunslingers. I mean, they just iron it out right and left, mm-hmm. and and even some of the pack the pack the pack 12 schools. So it just depends on where you play, and uh, and then some guys just make the transition no matter what. And some guys struggle with it. Just it just depends sometimes. So that's not a hundred percent, but I do think that plays a factor depending on the type of. Um, college system you came out and stuff like that you might struggle a little bit uh, definitely agree there you heard it from the man himself richmond webb seven-time pro bowler 1990s all-decade team best miami dolphins tackle in history member of the miami dolphins honor roll richmond thank you so much for joining me tonight follow him at richmond webb go aggies this weekend Thanks, Aaron. You have a good night. Hey, I appreciate you having me on my show. It was fun. On your show. Uh, Thank you so much, Richmond. God bless. Have a great weekend. You too. All right. Take care. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami has
as a dolphin, the greatest football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. 